Luke chapter 5, verse 1. If you want a title for this message, I'd call it Don't Miss the Blessing. Don't Miss the Blessing. Luke chapter 5. Let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> a very good place to start. Luke chapter 5 verse 1. So, a bit of background here. Jesus has been ministering for a little while and he's been doing some amazing miracles. He's been preaching, teaching and healing. Okay? And here we have a scene set for a Another part of the story of the journey of Jesus. Luke chapter 5 verse 1. Now so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two small boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from their nets, gone from them and were washing their nets. He then got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. That's a pretty simple story, simple to understand. Verse 4. Now when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they'd taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now this is a, it sounds like a very simple story, but there are some really deep truths in this, and I want to go through and pick through it, okay? Pick through it, just like you pick through a fish when you're eating it, so there's no bones. <laughs> We're going to examine this. So let's go back to the very beginning. Here is Jesus preaching, and Peter, James, and John, these guys who are supposed to be followers of Jesus. They were his disciples. They weren't there. 
There was a multitude of people there. They were there listening to the word of God because Jesus was there preaching. But Peter, Simon Peter, and the other guys were not there. Now, why weren't they there? Let's back up a little bit into Luke chapter 4. Just, just into Luke chapter 4. Now, Jesus had been preaching and teaching and doing these amazing things, okay? And then in verse 38, it says, Now he, Jesus, arose from the synagogue, which is the equivalent of church to the Jewish people, right? The meeting place with God. He arose from the synagogue. He entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother, that's his mother-in-law, was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. And so Jesus stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. So just before this fishing incident, okay, Simon Peter had been in his home and because Jesus had before called them to be his disciples, he called them. How do I know that? Let's go back to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 and verse 16. Now remember the story that we were talking about before? Luke chapter 5. They are at Lake Gennesaret. Okay? Lake Gennesaret is where they were fishing before. Now, have a look in Mark chapter 1. In verse 16, it's talking about Jesus again. It says, As he, Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So it sounds like they were fishing off the shore. Okay? And then Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And when he'd gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat, mending their nets. So whatever they'd been doing, they were mending nets and casting from the shore by the look of it. This is when they were first called by the Lord. And he said way back then, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And then when we go back to Luke chapter 5, we see this scene again. And they're at Lake Gennesaret. There's a multitude of people there. Peter has seen his mother-in-law miraculously healed. He's been called with the others. All of them were called at the same time. They were all called to follow the Lord. But what are they doing? What are they doing? It says they've been fishing. And instead of leaving their nets there and going and listening to what was going on with the Lord, they were dealing with their nets. They were too busy. Too busy. So there's a multitude listening to Jesus 
And here are the ones that he's called to follow him over here dealing with their business, their work. They were too busy to come and listen. But Jesus has a way of getting our attention. When we're too busy with our work or we're too busy for God, he has a way of getting our attention. And so here is Simon washing the nets. And Jesus goes and gets in his boat. Hey, Jesus is in my boat. That will get your attention. <laughs> that will get your attention. Jesus has a way of getting our attention. And he picked his boat on purpose. He knew which one was his. And he got in it. And what did he say? He said, just put out a little. Let's go a little bit offshore, just out in the shallows. Okay? Now for Simon, that was easy. And for most of us, just going out a little bit is easy. Just a little bit of effort is involved. Okay? Okay, I can do that. And sometimes God calls us and he says, I want you to read the word. I want you to pray. Well, yeah, I can do that. A little bit. Just a little bit. So he goes out. Jesus sits in the boat and he preaches to all the people and then Simon would have been thinking, oh, it's time to go home. I'm tired. It's been a long night. I worked all night. I didn't catch any fish. I'm tired. Okay? But then Jesus, what does he do? He complicates things. In verse 4, after he'd finished speaking, he says, okay, now launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He didn't say, go out into the deep and just put down your nets. He said, go out into the depths, put down your nets for a catch. So with the command, there's a promise. And the Lord says the same to you and to me. He said, if you will diligently seek me, you will find me. When you are committed fully to the Lord, there is a blessing that comes with it. And so that's what he's saying. Go out into the deep place and you will get a catch. He didn't say a few fish. He said a catch. Now a catch is a lot, right, fishermen? Yes. A catch is a good number. If someone says, oh, you might catch a few fish, that's one thing. But if someone says you'll get a catch, that's a totally different thing. So he's promised results. Okay. So what does Peter, Simon say? Simon Peter, I keep calling him Peter. Simon, what did he say? He was respectful. He was respectful, but he made his point. He was saying, Master, I respect you, but... Come on, I've worked all night. We've worked hard all night. I've toiled and we caught nothing. I've already put in a lot of effort with no result. And really what you're asking is quite unreasonable. And sometimes we feel like that with the Lord. We've put in a lot of effort. We don't see much result, if any result sometimes. And then he asks us to do even more. And we think that's a little bit unreasonable. 
But he called him master and he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will obey you. I will do it. I will do it. Was there a little bit of Peter that thought, you know what, I'll do it just to prove you're wrong. <laughs> Sometimes we do that. I'll do it, but I don't think it's going to work. I think it's a big waste of time. I'm the fisherman. You're the carpenter. We fish at night, not in the day. That's how it was. But he said, I'm going to do it anyway. And so he did. He did have an attitude that was right. He did follow the words of the Lord, even though it didn't make sense. Sometimes God will require of us things that don't make sense. But if you do it, the blessing will be there. God asks us to pray. He wants us to pray every day. He wants us to fast. Not every day. But it, it needs to be part of our lifestyle. He wants us to read his word. He wants us to come to church and be together and worship him. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering together. Because there's a blessing when we come together. When you're out on your own, you have doubts. You have anxieties. You have temptations. But when you're together, it's like, yeah, come on, guys, we can do it. Teamwork and encouragement. Okay? So here he is. He could have made excuses. But if he'd made excuses, he would have missed the blessing. He would have missed the blessing. So they went out. What did they do? Verse 6. When they'd done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Do you know it makes a big difference when Jesus is in the job or on the job with you? It makes all the difference when Jesus is in the boat with you. When you try and do things all by yourself because you're so experienced, you're so smart, you've done it before. I'm an expert at this. If Jesus isn't in it, it will be fruitless. And as good as he was, and he was a master fisherman, and as good as he was, he didn't catch anything the night before. He thought he knew it all. But Jesus knew exactly where those fish were. <laughs> and you know what? He knows exactly where that job is. He knows exactly where that client is. He knows exactly what we need to say. We just need to have him right there with us. And because he was right there with Peter, Simon, sorry. The net was breaking. So they got so much, it was more than they could handle. And sometimes that's what God wants to do with us. He doesn't just want to bless us to bless us. He wants to give us more so that we can call our friends and say, hey, look, I've got so much here, there's plenty for you as well. And that's what happened. He had to call the other guys in the boat. Guys, quick, my boat is sinking. There's too many blessings here. There's too much here for me. Quick, come and share in this catch. Come and share. And so they did. He signaled to his partners. You know, it takes teamwork to bring in a harvest. And it's the same when you're building a church. 
You know, it's not just me or Lanny who will invite people to church. We all need to bring in a harvest. You work where you work is your mission field. Where you are studying is your mission field. It's not your job to get everybody saved, but it's your job to shine your light and to speak a word of encouragement when the Lord gives it to you. Okay? It's not supposed to be high pressure. It's supposed to be something that's natural. And when you are in touch with God, you will be able to hear his voice. You'll have the word of the Lord. You'll have this confidence on the inside that God is going to deliver something amazing to somebody. He's going to speak things to people, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic insights, that they'll go, how did you know that? Really? And sometimes you can say, you know, the Lord showed me. If they are freaked out by that, you can just say, you know, sometimes they just get these things. And they go, but how? But why? And their curiosity. You know, the Lord draws people to himself. We don't have to hit them over the head with the Bible to make them believe. Okay? So here they were, working together as a team and putting in effort. Everyone was putting in effort. They all filled the boats together. And that's what we are. We're a team and we're working together to fill the kingdom of God. Amen? So, they came, filled their boats, and they both began to sink. Did they sink? No, they didn't sink. God was just making a point. The boats were almost going to sink. Wow, this is amazing. This just wasn't lucky. This was God. This was absolutely amazing. The boats were about to sink. I don't think this probably ever happened to him before. How do I know that? Because of his reaction. Because of his reaction. What was his reaction? Verse 8. Simon Peter saw it and he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now look, he knew Jesus. Jesus had been in his house and healed his mother-in-law. Jesus had called him and said, follow me. Jesus got in his boat. He knew Jesus. He thought he was a great preacher. He thought, yeah, he's a healer. And he called him master, like boss. But here he's saying, Lord. He's realising that Jesus is God. That he's Lord. And he says, get away from me. Like, I'm so bad. I'm so evil. I'm so bad. The things I was thinking. Can you imagine what he was thinking? <laughs> he was thinking, oh, what does Jesus know? What does this guy know, really? I mean, he's a healer. He's a preacher. He's a teacher. But he doesn't know about fishing. He doesn't know these kind of things. But now he's saying... You know what? I doubted. I doubted. I didn't believe. I didn't think you could do it. I thought it was a total waste of time. I thought you were being mean because I was tired and you were making me do this. But wow, I don't think he felt tired anymore. He was overwhelmed. And he's saying, I'm sinful. 
I'm sinful because I didn't believe. You are Lord. You're not just a carpenter. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a healer. You are God. You are God. And he was saying, I'm sinful. That's because he was prideful. He would have thought, I know better than this guy. I know better than him. I can do this without him. He can't tell me what to do, how to live my life, how to run my business. And some of us are like that. We don't want God running our business. We don't want him telling us what to do and how to live our lives. We don't want these restrictions or boundaries or things that push us to a limit, that, have, that make us exert ourselves, put in effort to go out and do things that don't seem to make sense. You know, we can have these attitudes. And he had a bad attitude. That's why he said, Lord, you're holy, you're God. I can't even be in your presence. What did the Lord do? Did he say, yeah, you're right? <laughs> no, he didn't. Verse 9, it says, He and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. And so it didn't just happen for him. It happened in the presence of his business partners as well. It's interesting that his business partners were the ones that the Lord had also called to be his disciples. He said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You will catch people. Okay? But they were out busy catching fish still. Interesting. He said, don't be afraid. Why did he say, don't be afraid? Because Simon would have thought, oh, I didn't do what he told me to do. He's going to get me. He's angry with me. And that's what we feel like sometimes. We don't do exactly what God says when he says, follow me. We're sort of like, yeah, half-hearted. Not fully there. Focused on other things. And it's not wrong to have a business. It's not wrong to study. It's not wrong to do these things. But he needs to be number one in our lives. And in this um, incident, we see that he was not number one. That's why he said, don't be afraid. I'm not going to punish you. I'm actually calling you to come closer. I'm actually calling you to commit fully, to really follow me, to really follow me and do what I've called you to do. And then he says, from now on, from now on, you will catch men. What does that mean, to catch men? They were in the business of catching fish, and the fish would die. He said, from now on, you're going to catch men. When you catch men, when you catch people for God, they don't die, they live. So he was saying that what you've been doing, you will do, but it's going to have a totally different result. You catch a fish, it dies. You catch a man, a person for the Lord, and they live. What he was calling them to was just something that they didn't even understand at that time. But they knew that they had to do it. You know, they'd been busy catching fish, catching money, catching business, catching security that a good business brings. But he was saying, I want you to walk away from that. I want you to walk away from that. 
What did they do? Verse 11. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. See, before he called them, and they were half-hearted. This time, they followed. They fully committed. They walked away. Okay? They forsook all and followed him. You know, that catch that they got, that was probably the biggest catch they ever had. They would have caught more money for that than they'd ever had before. And they would have been thinking, wow, this is good. I know where all the good fish are now. We can fish there again tomorrow. Yeah. Money, money, money. Show me the money. But you know what? While they were catching fish, Jesus was catching them. It wasn't about the fish. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the success. It was about their hearts. He caught their hearts and they realised, you know what? We don't have to rely on this business for our future. We don't, this, this is nothing really compared to what really matters. Really, this is about dead things. What he's talking about, what Jesus is talking about is life, living things, eternal things. Eternal things. You know, you catch a fish, leave it for a couple of days, guess what? It stings. Rotting fish. You catch a person for the Lord, I tell you, it smells sweet when you hear them say, oh, you know what, I was depressed, I was suicidal, and then someone told me about Jesus and they prayed for me. Wow! You know, that smells good. That's life. It's life. And he came to give life. He said to them, you're dealing with dead things. I want you to deal with living things now. Okay? And he was saying, I want you to fully commit. That's what he was talking about. The fullness of the commitment. They were too busy before. Too busy to commit to the Lord. But he's saying, don't be too busy. In fact, after that, they got busier than ever. But they were doing what the Lord had called them to do. It's interesting that he called fishermen. He didn't call people who are excellent speakers, great communicators, motivational speakers. He didn't call them all the highly educated academics who could reason with the Pharisees and that. No, he didn't call them. He called simple people who understood significant things who could speak to anybody because it's the anointing it's the power of God that will break the yokes it's the anointing of God he doesn't call people who think that they can help God yeah I'll help God I'll help God I'll do God a favour alright I'll row out into the deep you want me to. It's not going to work. I'll do you a favour, God. I'll tithe this week, but I won't tithe next week. You know, we think we're doing God a favour. Hello. He hung on the cross. He died for us while we were sinners. 
He did it all. He launched out into the deep places that we don't actually have to go. We don't have to go there. We just need to be humble like he was. You know, Simon fell down. He recognised what was going on. He recognised what was going on. He fell to his knees. He acknowledged the Lord. He humbled himself. And that's when Jesus knew, I can use this guy. It's not that he'd heard Jesus' great preaching. It wasn't that he saw the mother-in-law and the miracle healing. That wasn't what it was all about. It was the fact that his heart responded to the Lord. It's about our hearts responding to the Lord. That's what God can use, a heart that responds to him. And that's why he said, from now on, from now on, they walked away from what the world values. A successful business walked away. Could you do that? Could you do that? God's not asking everyone to do that. But certain ones he asked to do it. You know, before, when I became a Christian, when I got saved, I'd had the same business for eight and a half years. It was very successful. I was making good money, and then God just told me overnight, stop it. Stop. Go to Bible school. And I did. And I thought, that's the end of that. <laughs> it was just the beginning. Just the beginning. I mean, look what the Lord did tonight. Totally unexpected. What a blessing. You guys, what a blessing for Lainey and I that you opened your hearts. You know? Just totally unexpected. And when you fully commit yourself to serving the Lord, you can serve God as a dentist. You can serve God as a childcare worker. You can serve God in your business as a trainer, you know, as a, you know, telling everyone else what to do. <laughs> you can serve God washing dishes in a kitchen. It's all about your heart. When your heart is open to Him and fully committed, then you will not miss the blessing. And God has wonderful things for us. You know, Peter went from just being a, a humble fisherman, basically, to being like one of the leaders of the church. When the church started in Jerusalem, he was one of the guys that was in top leadership. He was a great apostle for the Lord. Two of the books in this Bible are written by him. First Peter and Second Peter. They're wonderful. And as you read it, you will ex understand even more the work of God that happened in his life. He was a big, tough guy. He's a fisherman. That's hard work. But he humbled himself and let God do what he wanted to do. Very interesting here, too. In verse 10, Jesus said to Simon... Okay, he said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. He only spoke to Simon. But in the next verse, it says, When they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. So he spoke just to Simon, but all of them followed <laughs> Which is pretty amazing. Because, you know what? 
He had spoken to all of them before. And even though the Lord was only speaking to Simon, those words were echoing. He called us too. He called all of us. And they all followed. And they would have followed because Simon was probably their leader. He was probably the, the, you know, the main fishing guy. They would have probably followed him. They were his partners. So whatever he did, they followed. And I'm telling you, if you get a hold of God and people can see the Lord in your life, they will follow you. They will follow you. Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. And people will follow you. People will follow you. You may never be called a leader, but that doesn't mean you aren't a leader. Leadership is about influence. Leadership is about influencing people. And I believe every one of you has leadership qualities. Every single one of you can influence people to the glory of God. Every single one of you. How do I know? Because the Lord is in you. Wisdom is in you. Grace is in you. Power is in you. Love is in you. You know, all of these things are in you already. We don't have to pray for them. If God is in our lives, then all those things are in us. We just have to have the courage to let it come out. It's true. The devil wants to keep us bound up and shy and insecure and intimidated. But you know what? God says in his word, the righteous, those who know God, are as bold as a lion. We have the courage of a lion on the inside of us. We need to let it out. Not to be afraid, like, like a little kitten. Roar for the lion, for the Lord. He's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is called in the book of Revelation, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. Our leader is a lion. And if we are like him, we are to be like him. Courageous and bold. And that's what Peter became after he humbled himself. Interesting, when um, Jesus said this, for the next basically three years, they just followed him and learned from him and he trained them. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And then, of course, when Jesus died on the cross and rose up, went back into heaven, that was the beginning of the church after that. And the first sermon that was ever preached was by this guy, this fisherman, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He preached this amazing sermon and guess what? How many fish did he catch? They were men. How many men did he catch? 3,000 with his first sermon. So what Jesus said came to pass. He wasn't catching fish anymore. He was catching men. Catching souls for the kingdom. The reason he became a great leader and a very effective person in life 
was because he was a great follower. If you want to do great things for God, then follow him. Let him get in your boat. Let him get in your business. Let him get in your family. Let him get in your studies. Let him get in your world. And he will show you where the place of blessing is. He will show you where the place of blessing is. There's certain people that we should not mix with. There's certain people we should not do business with. And God will show us. He will lead us. And he will guide us. But we've got to let him in. Let him in and be fully committed and fully trust. Simon says, I'm tired. I worked all night. Nothing worked. But because you say it, I'll do it. What you say, I will do. And that's what we've got to be like. Fully committed, fully trusting, and you'll get such a blessing that it'll be too much for you. You have to call your friends, say, help me, I'm so blessed. <laughs> it's overflowing. It's overflowing. Okay, let's wrap up this. You know, when Jesus spoke to, to Simon, he was a bit hesitant. And we can be hesitant as well. Sometimes we can think that what he's asking may be unnecessary or a little too demanding. I've got other things to do. I'm busy washing my nets. Okay? But if you follow him, you will discover the surprises. God has some really special surprises for us. Every single one of us. Who loves surprises? Yeah, good surprises. God has them for every single one of us when we are committed to him. He wants to reveal himself to us. You know, this just happened in Simon's everyday world. Sometimes we think that we can't have a meeting or connect with God unless we're at church or reading the Bible or just really meditating on God. But sometimes he just wants to come into our workplace. He just wants to talk to us when we're sitting on the train. He just wants to talk when we're driving down the freeway. Sometimes he speaks to us when we're in the shower or even in the toilet. Because you're alone. And it's quiet. And that's when you're more likely to hear from God. In your everyday world, and that's what happened here. Interesting that when Jesus got in the boat, then the miracle happened for Simon. Simon Peter. And later on, he was the one, remember, when Jesus was walking on the water in the storm, Peter was the one who got out of the boat to meet with Jesus. If Jesus is in the boat, be in the boat. If he's out there walking on the water, be where he is. Peter was the only one who experienced the miracle. He didn't miss the blessing. He said, Jesus, if that's you, call me, tell me to come. Tell me to come to you. Because he knew that wherever Jesus was, there was going to be something amazing that was going to happen, some blessing that was going to happen. 
And it did. It did. He knew how important it was to have Jesus in the boat with him. And if he wasn't in the boat, then get out where he is. Be with him. Fully commit, regardless of what you feel or think. No, there's no fish out there. Oh no, I might drown in the storm. But on both occasions, the Lord was there for him. The Lord was there for him. And he is there for us when we are fully committed to him. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Lord. Does this mean we should all give up our jobs? And No, it doesn't. It just means open your heart to the Lord. Fully follow him. Fully follow him. There are catches everywhere. And remember this too. A night of failure can be followed by a day of blessing. A night of failure can be followed by a day of blessing. Peter had tried and tried and tried and nothing worked. No result. But the next day, when Jesus turned up, everything changed. And you know, me sitting here tonight, you think, you know what? I've tried and tried and nothing's working. Nothing seems to be working. Just let Jesus come in. Let him turn your night into day. Let him really get into the boat with you. Launch out into that deep place. Maybe our faith is in the wrong place. In our ability to fish. in our abilities to, to do good business. Our faith may be in our bank accounts, in making more money. Sometimes our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. Thank you, Lord. I believe the Lord is wanting us to leave the safe place of the shore and go out into the depths where the blessings are. Step out in faith. Go to those places. Go to the deep places with the Lord. Go to the deep places with the Lord.